Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's officially summer as well as draft day. We're going to talk a little bit about that and Kyrie Irving here on Unfair Sports where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. Thank you for tuning in. Please hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906, and let us know what you think of the show. Give us your strongest opinions as well as answer our question of the month, the most rational thing you did in the name of sports as well as while you are enjoying us please like subscribe rate review and give us five stars if you don't think we deserve it let's give us five anyway and gift it so let's dive right into it shall we it's officially summer so you all are listening to this on the afternoon of june 23rd summer hits us on the 21st and we're about two days in you know here in oklahoma we're dealing with what 95 to 100 ish temperatures my air conditioner went out so uh, i'm dealing here with that heat as well pretty awesome thing but you know i don't even know what to do with my hands right now but at the same time i'm already tired of the summer showing out the way it's showing out but because the summer's here we got to get that summer body going. And that's actually something that I've been focusing on. And the one thing I focus the most on is eliminating the one thing that I cannot stop having. Sugar. Sugar is my biggest problem when it comes to my diet. You know, I do a little bit of intermittent fasting. Sometimes I do some alternate day fasting, trying to get rid of this belly in preparation for summertime fun. So I just love sugar. It tastes good. I mean, your biggest benefits of sugar is it tastes good. It gives you a nice rush, you know. It gets you going, peps up your step in your day sometimes, kind of like that in caffeine. It just gives you that love that just, just makes you feel good. You be going. And so, I mean, I, I, I can't get over it. It's, it's, it's one narcotic that I'm stuck on. And if you really think about it, I mean, who amongst us have not popped an energy drink to get ourselves going that was full of sugar and caffeine to, finish out and hammer out some homework or hammer up that fast, that last piece of uh, work that you need to get done for the evening. You just chug it and go. That is something I know we all can relate to. The problem though is, is that those benefits have some of the quickest consequences of them all, especially when it comes to caffeine and sugar. You get that sugar crash that afternoon, uh, pass out if you drink a whole bunch of coffee in the morning and drink nothing in the afternoon you're just ready to just ugh, give you that quick high and you go which is why you know you drink another thing of coffee in the afternoon especially with caffeine or you pop another energy drink in the afternoon to keep yourself going and then you're just beat by the time your day is up that's a problem that's not that's a good thing it's not natural giving yourself those spikes highs and lows and to be honest that's what Kyrie Irving is Kyrie is Sugar, caffeine, great to have, temporary fix for anything, but with massive consequences on the other end. So let's dive into it. 
The Athletics' Sham Sharania had reported on Monday that the Nets and Kyrie were in the impasse. I-M-P-A-S-S-E. I know what that word means. I use it in sentences often, but I don't know the details about what it means, so I looked it up. That means that ain't moving forward. We hit a wall, and we don't see light at the end of the tunnel. So because of that, all fingers are pointing at him being out. Two fingers for Kyrie. He is not going to return to Brooklyn. So the question is, how did we get here? Who amongst us thought we would get to this moment where Kyrie Irving and the Nets could not figure out a deal for him to be there long term? Like, what makes you think that this would happen? I mean, the only thing the Nets want is for him to play basketball. And the only thing he wants is to choose when to play and when not to play. So I'm being facetious with that because we all knew this was coming. Like, who did not see this happening long term? All the Nets want is a dude to play basketball. He just want, they just want him to play. And Kyrie's like, eh, well, I mean, I want the option to play. But I do need you to pay me about 50 mil. Cause I'm worth it. Granted, I agree with Steve A. Smith on that. He is worth 50 mil. Dude's ridiculous. He averaged what 27 this year. I mean, he's putting up some numbers. He was cooking when he played, but he was, he, he was putting up numbers in the playoffs, but it didn't lead to victories. Hence why they got swept. And so now we're asking the question is what exactly should Brooklyn do in this scenario? Should they go ahead and let him walk? Because technically Kyrie does have a player option based upon the numbers. He could walk away six thirty six point six million player option for next year. So he can opt in, play one more year and bounce. Or he can opt out, never play there again. For the Nets, that's honestly a bad thing for them. They want him to opt in. Because if he opts in, it's easier to trade that $36.6 million contract for another player that's got a large contract because there's certain amounts that you have to be within. There's a certain percentage of number. Um, I think I read in an article that Sham Sharanya did on the athletic that I think it's roughly like a team that trades for him has to be between 25 and 46 million, 46 million and 25 million has to be the salaries around there. That's the gap that has to be filled has to be within there. That's how much the player has to make. So because of that, you don't really want Kyrie to walk. You want him to opt in so you can trade him. Kyrie wants to go long-term, and so you have to figure out a place to send him that will give it to him long-term. And this is funny. I was I was listening to Ryan Rossillo, and he was talking about this. And, of course, the knock on Kyrie is that he really doesn't want to play basketball that much. Like, he wants to play, but he doesn't want to play. Like, I think he enjoys the benefits of what he gets from being an NBA player and not really care about the game as much. Like, he'll just take, you know, a day off and go celebrate his birthday and tell everybody it's because of other reasons. But, you know, it be what it be. We understand that. Who who amongst us haven't taken off on our birthday? I mean, I actually haven't. But still, I'm usually working on my birthday. As I will this year. But we asked the question of... Who wants a player that was, while he was in Brooklyn, played 103 games out of 226? That's a tough one for anybody. And so for me, it's three teams, it's two teams that the Athletics said, three teams that the Athletics said 
want Kyrie or interested in his services. The Lakers, the Knicks, and the Clippers. So let's say it now. Go ahead and trade Kyrie Irving for Russell Westbrook. Do it, you cowards. Let's make it happen. Let's send Russ back to KD, and let's send Kyrie back to LeBron. Now, as of late, now I'm out, I was putting all this material together on Tuesday. Yesterday, there was rumors that LeBron and Kyrie had been talking about the reunion. Now, we know that even though there was a little bit of, I think, animosity from Kyrie to LeBron, he didn't really hate LeBron. Like, he didn't hate playing with him. He has no beef with him and like that. He just didn't like the fact that everybody went to LeBron for social conversations and never went to him. And I kind of understand why they didn't go to him. But that's not the point. So because of that, there's a chance that they could link up and play again. And honestly, I'm here for it. Let's get Kyrie back, to get him to L.A. Let's get him with LeBron. LeBron had, of course, a career year with Russell Westbrook. And he's going to have to expect that Kyrie's going to play half the games this season. Either being hurt or just not wanting to come to work. If LeBron can handle that and Anthony Davis plays the other half games that Kyrie doesn't play and LeBron plays most of them, they'll make the playoffs no problem. I think with those three, they can. While at the same time, understanding that Kyrie might not make it to work very often. So the question is, can they handle him not being there? Because wherever he goes, he's going to ask for a long-term contract. And I don't think the Lakers should sign him long-term. I am in the camp of Stephen A. Smith on this one. You don't pay Kyrie Irving 50 million a year for four years. You pay Kyrie Irving 50 million a year for one year. And you just go based upon how you feel about him wanting to actually play basketball. I don't know. When you get into the Kyrie business, you understand that that's going to be the risk, but I don't think any team gives him a long-term contract personally. There's no reason to, it's not worth it, but we are coming up on, it is draft day. You guys get this in the afternoon of draft day. So you can enjoy this as we talk about what's going to come up on the draft soon. Think about where Kyrie may end up because there is a very good chance he will be traded on draft day. I can see it because he has to opt in by June 29th. And I can see him going ahead and opting in, getting traded and getting that done here on draft day. That way we have an understanding of rosters are going to look like. So then on the back end, we got to ask what the hell's going on with Kevin Durant? What's his thoughts? What's he going to do? Is he going to stick around even though he has four years left? That's the next question. I think Kevin stay. Well, I mean, he don't think have much of a choice. I don't know if he's going to ask out, but that's something to talk about later this week. We'll talk about that over the weekend. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. So it is draft day and I've got to talk about what I think Oklahoma City is going to do in this one. It doesn't, I mean, there's not much to really say in this. Oklahoma City has a number to pick. So what do we think they're going to do? But I think the, the other angle I want to look at is all these damn loot dork trades. Have y'all noticed that? Like, it seems like everyone is sold on Lou Dort being traded. 
So like six days ago, OKC Thunderwire had reported that there was a conversation around the Thunder trading Dort to Portland for the number seven. Uh, and that's from the Bleacher Reports, Jake Fisher. So there's a chance that they will send Dorton 12 for the number seven pick. That doesn't make sense at all. Let me say this. I think it makes no sense to trade Lou Dort for a draft pick. Period. Because you don't know what that draft pick is going to be. And we know exactly what Lou Dort is. He's a really good defensive player. He is a decent offensive player. He's had moments where he can put up a whole bunch of shots and get buckets. And he got moments where you're asking him not to shoot. But the thing about that is, is you know what Lou Dort is. Why would you get rid of that? The hardest thing in the NBA is figuring out who the hell is what. And you know what Dort is. So it makes no sense to trade him. I would make him part of the foundation. He's a defensive player too. He plays defense. If you add him and Chet, you got a perimeter defender. You got somebody that can defend in the in the paint. Basically what Rudy Gobert has been begging for in Utah. You could have that in Oklahoma City with Dort and Chet. Now I've said this the entire time. I like Chet. Because I feel like he can be Gobert with an actual offensive game and someone people would actually trust with the ball in the post or just trust the ball, period. Because I've watched him play. I think it was uh, him and Imani Bates back in there in high school. And Chet was getting buckets. He was scoring. He was getting past folks. And he was skinnier back then. It's going to take a while for him to gain weight. So I ain't tripping on the fact that he's a little dude. And he's not Kevin Durant when it comes to scoring. But he's a really good defender at 7-1. He could do enough in rebounds. He may get pushed around in the post, but he'll recover and actually block some shots. I mean, outside of Chet, I'd take Jabari Smith because I think Jabari would do great with Giddy and SGA catching shooting. I like Ben Chiro for a different reason, but I don't feel like he mixes well with Oklahoma City because he's more of a playmaker on his own. And we've got Giddy and SGA. It's gonna be, there's not enough balls to go around. Jabari would good, like I said, will be good with catching and shooting. And Chet can he'll take scraps while also contributing on the offensive side. So we know SGA is not gonna get traded. It'd be stupid to get rid of Giddy. You just got him at six. And that was considered a steal, especially once you figured out that it was a steal. So there's absolutely no reason to send Lou Dort out of Oklahoma City and break up that foundation. Your foundation is whoever this top pick is, whoever you get at 12, SGA, Giddy, and Dort. Period. Anybody else on the team is expendable. But why get rid of the dude? You know what the hell he is. You know what he is. So I'm going to keep repeating that. But what's been fascinating, though, about this draft is that we're seeing that the sports books have now moved Paolo Banchero up to the number one pick. They believe he's going to go first in the draft, which tells me that at number three, Houston is in fear that Oklahoma City might take him instead or that Orlando will. 
Is that possible? I'm going to say no. But if Orlando can get some additional picks from Houston to swap and still potentially get their guy, because I think that they're high, based upon the reports, they're high on both Chet and Jabari. But if it's one number one pick, it's going to be Jabari Smith from them. I think Jabari's going to be their number one pick. And then Oklahoma City's going to take Chet because it only makes sense. But if they flip-flop, there's a chance Oklahoma City would take Jabari and then Orlando would end up with Chet. Now, Chet's camp wants to be in Oklahoma City. I feel like he he fits Oklahoma City. Like, let's be, keep it a buck. He fits Oklahoma City. And I'm not even, if you don't know, then you didn't need to know. But what's the possibility of Jabari falling that one pick and Oklahoma City deciding we'd rather take the shooter? I think there's a good chance. Now, I'm very fearful of guys that come into the league as shooters because in the first couple years, it doesn't feel like they're ever that good at shooting. Like they got to get it going. Like Steph came into the league and he was really good at shooting, but he was really good at dishing too. He's more of a point guard at that point. And then they figured out when they got new coaches that, oh, no, 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 let's just let this dude just gun it. It's better if we let him gun it, especially with a second shooter like Clay. I don't know what it looks like for Jabari if he actually comes in and maintains the confidence to shoot and shoot at a high clip and shoot good. That scares me. I, I, I think that's one observation I've seen with certain players is people will just forget how to shoot after a while especially rookies because it's a new game. You're going up against a whole bunch of grown men and they're prepared for you, which is much different in college college. They can be as prepared as they want to for one and done. But unless you've got some veteran players that should be in the NBA, you really ain't going to stop them. So that's that different animal that we're seeing here that we've got to consider when it comes to these young, these guys coming in. But I think Chet, I think the first three are definitely going to be good. Jaden Ivy has been linked to Oklahoma city and so has Shaden sharp. I can see OKC trading up to get sharp. I don't know about Ivy. Like, looking at him, he could be something. But I don't know if he ends up being as special as he's being advertised as. I don't know. I'm leery on guards because they're hard to predict in this league. Personally, for me. Now, a lot of people could see them. I just, that's, they're the ones I struggled for my evaluation on. Uh, the ability to shoot, the ability to dribble, the ability to pass, a lot of this stuff is there. But you learn that you can't win championships when your team is led by somebody of that size. I mean, Steph is 6'3". So we can't pretend like he ain't look, he ain't tall. Smallest guard to really lead their team was Isaiah Thomas. He's 6'1". I think they list Steph as 6'2 sometimes, but whatever. He's 6'1". Small dude. About the only one I know that actually be able to do it. So I don't know what that looks like with some of these guards. Like Ivy's not a little little guy. 
but I don't I don't know what the final. I mean, he's six four, so he could potentially make that magic happen. Is he really six four though? But he's six four. It's just like two hundred pounds, so he could be sizey. I don't know. Besides that, no more rambling on that portion of it. Drafts tonight. Make sure you check it out. I'll be at uh, at the uh, Fazler House, Fazler Hall. I'm sorry, Fazler Hall downtown at the Athletics um, draft party, just to see what happens in the first fifteen picks. If you're there, pull up. Let's grab a drink together. We can chop it up. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. So the LA Rams are showing us that the salary gap is not real in the NFL. And it's pretty fascinating to see how they have been able to manipulate things because they have found ways every year to always have money and be able to sign and get players. Now, I guess that's the one thing about the NFL salary cap in comparison to like the NBA. It's like the NFL is it's a hard cap. So whatever the cap is, that's the number. And but they have the have ways of manipulating it by adding years to contracts that are voidable and extending money out that's not guaranteed and letting it sit on the bottom of their basically uh, salary cap number. And by extending that out and the salary cap constantly going up, they're playing they're robbing Peter to pay Paul basically is what how all this works. And so you'll see all these big contracts where they'll pay a guy a whole bunch of money this year. And they'll have a bunch of voidable years afterwards, but they'll still have a tax hit or a cap hit of a certain amount over time. Super complex and crazy, but that's the, that's the reason why they have a whole bunch of smart people that work in front offices in the NFL. So we have capologists. That's kind of provides jobs because you have to find ways to manipulate these numbers. And so two weeks ago, they paid Aaron Donald and then right afterwards they paid Cooper Cup, which is probably the smartest thing they did. It also tells me after they've given Matt Stafford another extension, they're probably not going back to the Super Bowl. But Aaron Donald deserved his money. Aaron Donald got $65 million guaranteed over the next two seasons, $95 million through 2024. He's going to make basically $40 million more than what he was going to make last year. He's getting paid, and it makes sense to pay this guy. Because Aaron Donald has been the fight for defensive player of the year every year. He is arguably the best defensive player to play in this era. And he's potentially one of, the, one of if not the greatest defensive tackles to play the game. And it's really hard to say that as a Bucks fan because Warren Sapp played for my Bucks, And Warren Sapp was absurd. But the crazy thing is all the numbers that Aaron Donald does, the pressures he put, the percentages on that, which comes in advance. I know a lot of y'all don't like analytics and stuff. I don't like the numbers. But those numbers tell you the story of why he's so good. He keeps quarterbacks under pressure. He gets sacks. He gets hurries. He gets hits from the defensive tackle position. Like he's just running up the gut, pushing two dudes and running past him to get to the quarterback. You don't see that. Most of your dominant defensive linemen are ends. 
the guys that float from in and back to outside linebacker, this dude's doing all of it from the middle. And arguably, he's the reason why they win the Super Bowl. He's the one that sealed the deal in those Super Bowls. He's the one that sealed the deal on them making it to the Super Bowl as well. So, if anything, this was the smartest investment they made to convince him to not retire and let him play at least these next three years. You're going to get the best out of Aaron Donald now. Because Aaron Donald is how old? Let's see how old this man is. This man is 31 years old. By the time he's 34, that's probably when he's going to be cooked and you can start moving on to somebody else. But he also trains so hard that it's going to be hard for you to say that he doesn't deserve the money. You see what I'm saying? But then adding Cooper Cup to it makes it even better. And so I, I got bored and I started looking at some some the money. I'm like, man, you know, he's making some good bread. It's like, but how does he compare to NBA players? So I went and looked at it. <clears throat> so based upon this move, there are 37 guys in the NBA that make more per year than Aaron Donald, which is at the, what, 30? Which is averaged at 30-something per year. Let's go look at that number real quick. Yeah, about 31, 28, and 35 is what his contract says. And you have $11 million cap hits in the last couple of years because of all the money they're giving him up front. $73 million in dead cap. Jesus Christ. So much money. But anyway, $31 million this coming season, $28 million next year, $35 million the final year. Found 36, 37 NBA players that make more than him annually. And 52 of them got more in total value. Here's some of the notable names that are making more money than Aaron Donald in the NBA. Buddy Hill. Terry Rozier. Nikola Vucevic, Jared Allen, Andrew Wiggins, CJ McCollum, Tobias Harris, and De'Aaron Fox. All those dudes make more money than the best defensive player in the NFL. Ain't that crazy? But of course, you know, contextualize it is because there's more players on it on the football field and they're making more money, but they still got to disperse more out there. And quarterbacks are the most important position in the game. There's three positions that are key in the NFL. You have somebody that can throw it and control the offense. You got to protect that thrower. And you got to go get their thrower. That's the three things you need to win in the NFL. Somebody to run the offense and chunk that thing. People to protect them. People to go and get after theirs. <laughs> and if you got the one that can get after theirs before they can get to yours, you're winning. But the Rams are going to try to build something here, and I'm 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 here for it. I think it's a good thing. Actually, I don't think it's a good. I think it's a great thing. Now I'm kind of curious to what Robert Woods gone. I'm curious to what the Rams are going to look like long term. Now that they have to really build an offense going forward. I mean, Cup is great. Cup's going to be keyed in. Everybody's going to key in on Cup moving forward. They don't have Odell Beckham yet. Woods is gone. We'll see. But it's funny to see all these NBA players that make more money than Aaron Donald.
Oh man, I appreciate y'all tuning in to this afternoon episode of Unfair Sports, where we're taking a course of offensive approach to the sports conversation. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review, give us the five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Just you know, just give us five anyway, and go ahead, just uh, gift that bad boy. So. For Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for doing what you do best and getting this bad boy out this afternoon. We'll have another episode post-draft on uh, Monday as usual. We'll talk through the draft, who the Thunder got, feelings on that, some of the NFL camp news, and um, a couple things that might surprise you. So answer the question of the month as we're going to wrap it up for June. Most irrational thing you did for sports as well as let me know a reason why I should add you to the show. And um, we'll see what pumps through. And we'll chop it up in a few days. Peace.